authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial. iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms. On the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com. And of course, our podcast is everywhere. Anchors our home base on your favorite podcasting platform. Search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. And uh, join the conversation on the uh, social media platforms. At Eric underscore Ash on Twitter, Eric Ash on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Uh, if you missed us, you missed a lot today. 
uh, the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports featured Jude Young of 106.1 FM, uh, All Access, and also, again, CrestedSports.com, the voice of UN Athletics, along with Gary Smith of uh, with the Wave Report, Noel.com, Picayune, and Advocate. Both guys did a great job. Saints, LSU, Tulane, Pelicans, also college basketball. We covered it all today. Hope you get a chance to check us out tonight at 6 o'clock on LAE, 10 o'clock on The Deuce. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the Deuce. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Got a great show for you today. Gary Smith will be doing double duty for us today. He'll be up at 4.15. Uh, We'll talk Tulane with him. Mike Scarborough will talk Tigers. He's from Tiger Bait. That's 4.35. Ali Cassell gives us the lowdown on your Pelicans. Uh, he's with the Bird Rides. That's 5.15. Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints podcast, CrestedSports.com, and Saints Wire, finishes off today's program at 5.35. So, again, a great lineup for you. Hope you get a chance to be able to stay with us through the entire two hours. If not, remember, check out the podcast. Usually up about 30 minutes after the program ends. Uh, at the latest, uh, you know, that's what we try to do. So, again, I uh, hope you get a chance to be able to check it, check it out. Uh, today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. And like I say it all the time, uh, the Beta Brothers have been have been a jewel in this town uh, and have, again, done so much for our economy, so much for the people of this city. Uh, it is a restaurant group that, again, that, that grows from within. I've talked about it over and over again. You go get a job with, with again, the Oceana family of restaurants, and you have a chance to move up. And I'm not talking about moving up from, from, from being a busboy to a waiter. I'm talking about having a chance to be able to move up in, in, into, into the executive staff, okay, uh, to manage restaurants. I mean, that's what they do. They've done so much in terms of, again, turning around restaurants in this city. Also, again, buildings that were dilapidated or, again, just falling apart, going in, renovating those buildings, making them brand new, and then putting a brand new restaurant concept in there. Uh, can't say enough about, again, the Bader Brothers and, and Oceana and the Oceana family of restaurants, what they've been able to do. And look, one of the few restaurants, again, still in the city that, again, are open late, that are open late every single day. They're open seven days a week for you, every single restaurant, and they're open late, usually to 1, 2 a.m., depending on where you're going. Uh, and, of course, that includes Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Mambo's. Don't forget about the Hideout Bar. Uh, which is, again, right next door. And then, of course, Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, 205 Bourbon Street. Look, it's not too early to start thinking about Mardi Gras and, again, having your next event uh, in the French Quarter. You want to get on a Bourbon Street balcony, 200 block of Bourbon Street, not one but two Bourbon Street balconies for you at Old New Orleans Cookery. They're open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Uh, the, the cocktails are absolutely fantastic. Extraordinary is what I like to call them. With, again, some of the great mixologists in the city of New Orleans uh, that, are, that are mixing those cocktails over at um, – Old New Orleans Cookery, and then Cajun Creole Cuisine at its finest. A beautiful courtyard that is uh, beautiful by day, spectacular by night, and then, of course, wonderful dining rooms. You can sit in front of the restaurant by the picture windows and overlook all the crazies of Bourbon Street. And don't forget also... Uh, a bar downstairs, and then two private rooms with a private bar, private restroom, which have adjoining Bourbon Street balconies with that. Great place for your event. And remember, when, when there's an overflow and there's not an event on um, uh, at, at Old New Orleans Cookie, they will seat you upstairs as well. Uh, take a photo in their, in their famous stairway. Uh, friends, family, trying to, trying to close that business deal. Looking for a wonderful dining experience? Try Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, it's perfect for date night as well. Uh, you want to find out more, go to nolacookery.com. That's nolacookery.com. 
BourbonCookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Well, again, uh, we are still basking in the glow of, again, of Tulane's big victory o- over USC. Uh, and, of course, they turn around from 2-10 and 10 to 10-2. Uh, to and two. I'm sorry, to 12-2. and two. And then, of course, what LSU was able to do this season. Again, after, you know, again, totally falling apart, playing, again, a, a wide receiver at quarterback in the Texas Bowl last year. Uh, a complete turnaround and a foundation-building season uh, under Brian Kelly. Uh, and, and ultimately, again, uh, in, in a situation now where this team gets 10 wins, they're SEC West champs. They go to the SEC uh, championship, and then the Citrus Bowl champions again blowing out Purdue, 62 to seven. Really good, good vibes on, on both programs right now in, in the direction they're going. It'll be interesting to see again how both programs handle the transfer portal coming up. Uh, but the real commitment of, of players to the to again the uh, uh, both of, of these programs is is huge. And in the case of Michael Pratt and C, uh, and, and of course. Uh, uh, Sincere Hainsworth, uh, the the center coming back, that's huge. Uh, you know, again, Brian Kelly still working his uh, his roster right now. Uh, and, of course, seeing, again, what's going to happen with the transfer portal down the line. Uh, I'd be interested to see what happens there. Pels last night you get the win against against Houston. Uh, but let me say this to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they, they, are, they are going to be um, uh, strained for a while now. Hopefully, again, Brandon Ingram will be back soon. Uh, this is a very, very tough stretch in the month of January for this team. Not a lot of give-me games. Last night, look, Houston is a young team that's a couple years away. Uh, and, and you expect the, uh, the, the Pelicans to come out and win. They came out. They got a big, big lead. Of course, by the end of the game, Houston had, had cut that down. You could say maybe they kind of rested on their laurels a bit, talking about the Pels. Uh, but, but it is what it is. You're asking a lot of people, uh, a lot of guys on this team, uh, to take on different roles now. And hopefully, again, they'll be able to sustain that over a long period of time. And that's what a lot of things that we'll be watching now uh, until Brandon Ingram gets back. And, look, I'll say it right now, I do not believe uh, that Zion will be back in three weeks. I think it's going to be three weeks. They're going to take a look at him again. I think it, it, could be, it could be four weeks, it could be a month. He could not be back until after the All-Star break. It depends on, you know, again, how that plays out. Uh, I'd like to see him come back sooner than later, but we know the situation with the Pelicans in terms of, the, of, of their medical staff now. Uh, they are overcaught. Uh, i.e. Brandon Ingram's been out six weeks with a toe injury. So, so we'll see how that plays out. As far as the Saints go, the, f- the finale is on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers in a, in a, in a, in a, um, in a season that was not was what expected. I mean, again, the playoffs was expected. The expectations of playoffs here. Dennis Allen will be coming back to this team as, their ne- as the head coach, and we'll see what kind of changes he's going to make as well. All right, with that said, let's head to the guest line. Joining us in the program, he does a fantastic job of covering the Tulane Greenway, but as he displayed today, and he's done many times on our on our TV show, he's more than just a reporter for the Tulane Greenway, uh, for the NOLA.com, and of course his website, the, the Wave Report. Uh, now more than ever, if you're a Tulane fan, get involved with the Wave Report because uh, uh, it is the most comprehensive look at, at Tulane athletics. It is Gary Smith and Gary Jones on the program. Gary, how are you? Great, Eric. Doing great. How can I not after covering what that incredible Cotton Bowl in Dallas, in Arlington, Texas? Absolutely. Well, Gary, why don't you? I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you for a few minutes because I want you to kind of do as a scene setter. Tell us a little bit about how the crowd was. Uh, you know, the vibe in in Arlington during the week uh, leading up to this game, and again, maybe compare and contrast it to again other bowl games you've seen with Tulane, and yeah. you know, again, how different this particular bowl game was. It, it, yeah, there, there's no comparison to, and I've, I've either 
covered or when I was younger, gone to almost every bowl game that Tulane has played in my lifetime. <laughs> and, uh, this was except for that Hawaii bowl. And this is, this was, um, there's no comparison. Uh, you could tell earlier in the week, um, I, I actually wasn't staying downtown where Tulane fans were, but every time I visited to the media hotel and other areas, there were Tulane fans all over the place. And then once, once the, um, 30 minutes before kickoff started, you could see the Tulane fans just flowing in, in, into, uh, into Jerry's world, into AT&T Stadium. And, and I realized I, I was sure and, and that this was going to be the lowest attended uh, Cotton Bowl other than the COVID one that, that I, that, that it happened just because USC fans weren't interested in it because they thought they were going to be in the playoffs. And, um, but I, I, I was wrong. Um, even though bowl attendance is going down in every bowl just about every year, if it's not a playoff game, this one had a higher attendance than the, the last time a group of uh, American Athletic Conference team was in the Cotton Bowl, which was Memphis versus Penn State three years ago when Memphis was a top 10 team, I think, going into that game. And it was just a, a really impressive turnout all the way around from, from Tulane fans, 50-something thousand overall, two-thirds of the stadium was Tulane fans. And they, didn't just, they weren't just there, they were loud. <laughs> they took over that stadium. It was a loud, loud crowd. And in my, really in my lifetime, I was around I'd be, for the 1979 season when Tulane went 9-2 and two under Rock Hannes. Um, obviously, I, I couldn't compare this to anything other than the LSU win in 1973. That was obviously right. a magical scene. And sure. I wasn't at that game. That was... I was and I- six years old, but that was the only Tulane LSU game I right. missed from the time I was four. <laughs> and this yeah. was, this was similar to that. It was just a spectacular experience all the way around. <laughs> That's 72, 73 games with LSU yep. were the two I, biggest games, maybe in modern yep. Tulane history leading up to obviously the, uh, the undefeated station in 98. And I was lucky enough again, as a, as a kid to, to, um, to, to be at both those games. And then the following year, I was a water board for Tulane in 74. Uh, yep. So again, I was there when a lot of those, those same players were still on that on that roster mm-hmm. uh, during that time and you know that was kind of you know if you want to go back to the glory days of Tulane you go back to the, yeah. to the SEC but then, then really again you look at that 70 or at the end uh, 72 70 uh, 73 70, 72 73 and somewhat 74 74 was kind of a little bit of a down year mm-hmm. then again you talked about 79 uh, yeah. and then you, you you talk about uh, again the 98 uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 98 but also a, yeah. let's, uh, a little bit let's give Vince Gibson and his and yeah. his um his year some credit as well you know beating LSU uh, mm-hmm. you know I mean uh, I, was in Tula, I was in L- I was in Tiger <laughs> Stadium when 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 mm-hmm. Reginelli yeah. went went crazy um uh, so I mean, there's been some some highlights, more lowlights than highlights, but mm-hmm. this to me seems like it's the greatest season in the yeah. history of Tulane football. What would you say? I agree with that completely. Look, the the 1998 team, you can't. They did go undefeated. They went 12 and 0. They had a spectacular offense with, with Sean King. That was a terrific team, but they did not get a chance to really prove themselves on the national stage because they didn't play a team that got a single point in the final AP poll after the, the, the bowls were at, after the bowl games, they played a not very good BYU team in their bowl game. Um, and, and, and so there's no, that's, that's where the difference is. This is a team that had not beaten a ranked AP opponent since 1984. They go to Cincinnati to, they, they stop a 32 game home winning streak in a game. They had to win to even make the AAC championship game. Then they get a rematch with UCF and 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 hand them a decisive defeat in front of a sellout crowd, another ranked team, and then they play USC, one of the blue bloods of college football with the Heisman Trophy winner, um, ranked in the top 10, and they go to the Cotton Bowl and, and beat them too. That's three 
back-to-back-to-back wins over ranked opponents after not doing it in 38 years. <laughs> um, that, that, that says it all, and this was a complete football team. You didn't get to see the defense particularly play well until the very end when they absolutely had to make a play they did because USC's offense is so loaded, but this is a two-lane team that's so good overall that they can overcome a quarterback looking like a Heisman Trophy winner and playing like a Heisman Trophy winner and, and find a way to win. I think this is the greatest team in two-lane football history. Let's talk a bit about the game itself because it was a back-and-forth game. Tulane yep. had such great, great resilience there. I mm-hmm. told you on the TV show today, as I said to the audience earlier this week, you know, I mean, I, I love Chris Hampton as, as, a, as a defensive coordinator. He's going to be a great head coach one day. Uh, I'm hoping Tulane can hold on to him for a while here. Uh, but I was screaming at the TV, why are you only rushing three and dropping eight? Uh, and you had a pretty good answer to that. Why don't you go ahead and talk, tell the audience? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I actually kind of agree with you to some extent, but they were doing it. They didn't want to give up the big play. They wanted to they wanted to force USC to drive the length of the field. Um, and, but also, yeah, they, their their plan. They knew they couldn't. They knew they couldn't sack Caleb Williams. Um, they they use the approach that NFL teams use <laughs> um, that they used to use against Michael Vick um, and 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 uh, and 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 stuff like that, where they were just trying to contain him because um, they didn't. They thought if they really rushed him, he'd go right around them. Um, I. My personal opinion is after the first half, when that didn't work, they should have changed their strategy. But, hey, they stayed in the game. And here's the other thing. USC was a, was kind of comfortably ahead most of the way. But one play determined that in the first half. It was 21-14. to 14. Tulane had the ball. And Jaquan Jackson, who had a terrific game overall, dropped a pass that would have been a first down um, that Micah Pratt threw a little bit too hard. Um, if, if he had caught that pass, there's a good chance Tulane at least gets a field goal before halftime, and it's 21-17. Instead, they Hunt and USC scores again, and then that's where everybody got the feeling that USC was kind of dominating the game and always in front. But USC could not stop Tulane's offense either. Tulane couldn't stop USC for the most part. USC couldn't stop Tulane for the most part. And by hanging around, Tulane was able to be the team that got the ball last. And 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 you saw what happened. Um, it, it, and you, but Chris Hampton, I don't, I don't think this was his finest moment. But then there were no good options against USC. I mean, but they, they really you they were, over, they were overmatched by Caleb Williams right. and his receivers. So I don't really know if another plan would have done a whole lot better. Having said all that. They hung around, and Patrick yep. Jenkins just makes a tremendous play that they had to have with the same team. Have. You don't see that very often. You see a lot of right. teams backed up at the one-yard line. You don't see very many teams having their running back get stuffed and knocked backwards for a safety in that situation. Just a heck of a play by Patrick Jenkins, and that was all Tulane needed. One play like that, yes. and, and then you saw what happened on the final drive. Against that huge USC offensive line, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, there was some big boys. USC, there's a, yeah, their their offense, they average over 40 points a game in the regular season. They were missing their two best offensive linemen in that game, Mm -hmm. but it's not like they're putting in two guys that probably won't be playing in the NFL down the road or close to it anyway. They've got, yeah, uh, just just a whole heck of a lot of talent and, and, and Tulane, especially on the defensive line. Tulane stood right up to them. USC did not have a particularly good. They had some running plays, but they didn't. They didn't. Obviously, they didn't run anywhere near as well as Tulane did on their defensive line. It was the the only air, Tulane just couldn't tackle Caleb Williams. And, and there's about 12 other teams that USC played this year that had the same problem. Talk about Pratt on that last drive. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's Michael Pratt. Even when he's not, I wouldn't say he, he, yeah, I would say he had a great game. I wouldn't say he had a great passing game just because a lot of times his receivers weren't open. But when there was a play to be made, he made it. And then on the winning drive, you saw why he's just the ultimate winner uh, as a quarterback. It, 
right away. First play on the drive, he gets sacked for an 11-yard loss. That's a huge uh (laughs) uh-oh in that situation. He got it back into a fourth and manageable, couldn't find an open receiver, eluded eluded a lineman, outran a linebacker, got a first down. He even admitted as he made that move, he was thinking back to the Oklahoma game against Lincoln Riley last year when he had the almost the exact same situation after Tulane recovered an onside kick, and he came up a half a yard short and got clobbered on the play. And that may have been the difference between Tulane winning and losing that game. He was not going to let it happen again. Then a little later, it's fourth and 10. Nobody's open. He rolls out to, he drifts out to his right. Um, he finds Alex Bellman, a four string freshman tight end open for a first down, another play that they had to have, or they lose the game. Um, and then, and then of course the, the, the touchdown on the, on the last play, again, he finds Bauman, he throws it he covered pretty well. He throws it to one spot where Bauman can catch it. He does. That's Michael Pratt. He did the same against Cincinnati. Tulane falls behind for the first time in the game in the fourth quarter. Bang, zing, 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 four plays, touchdown. Tulane wins the game in an even more pressure situation against a better team. Michael Pratt came through again. And, of course, you cannot talk about Tulane without talking about Tajay Spears and his full <laughs> touchdown performance. I don't I, – I, I don't know if I use these exact words on your air before the game, but I thought he would rush for 200 yards against USC, especially when Willie Fritz said he was all in and if he had to play every down, he was going to play every down just like he did against Cincinnati. I really do think Tajay Spears is the best running back in the country. And I I defy people to explain to me why he's not the best running back in the country at this point. He's got the, the entire package, great vision, great toughness, physical acceleration, cuts, Finishing speed, I mean, he, he, he's got it all, and, and, he, and he, he had his way with, with USC. One long run after the other. Um, just this, another spectacular performance by, by Mr. Spears. And uh, whoever drafts, look, NFL value, running backs aren't valued in the NFL, so this isn't just about right. Tajay Spears, although I'm mystified as why he's like rated number seven or eight among draft prospects. Mm-hmm. But whatever team ends up getting him, maybe it'll be the Saints, is going to be a lucky football team because if he can stay healthy – He's going to have a great NFL career. There's, there's no other way around it. I mean, the, the guy, he does it all. He does it all. He does. <laughs> and uh, we talked about it. Uh, and uh, he's, no, he's no longer a secret anymore. Nope. Scouts know about him, obviously. The, the country knows about him now. Uh, he would really look good in black and gold. He really would. Uh, no, matter who, no matter what system they're going to play going forward, Doesn't matter. he's a back that could fit. <laughs> He fits anything. He fits any system. As long as it's a system where he touches the ball. <laughs> right. And again, his most underrated skill, and sometimes I roll my eyes when coaches talk about this because coaches love to say stuff like this about how he, he, he picks up blitzes. But, then I, but after Willie Fritz said earlier this year, I started to watch. Ty J. Spears is unbelievable at picking up blitzes. And he's not a big guy, but he's right. absolutely not afraid. This is a guy who has an NFL career to think about, who already had a torn ACL, didn't care one lick about sacrificing his body to keep Michael Pratt clean on play after play after play when he was called upon to do that. He, he's a good receiver too. Yeah, just and every everything you want in a running back, he's it. There's not a media member in this town that's closer to the program than you. What does this mean for the future of Tulane, not just football, but Tulane athletics? It, hopefully a ton. Obviously, in the past, when Tulane's had success, they've done everything possible to sabotage their own success, <laughs> starting with Rich Rodriguez attending his own press conference and finding out they'd gone another direction as, as football coach. And Well, not starting, but that's <laughs> that, the last time they had a great season. It's been going on a lot longer than that, honestly, from the time they left the SEC. Uh, but 
they seem to have the right people in place. Now, Troy Dannon has said all the right things since the game. Michael Fitz, school president, has said all the right things. It really looks like truly the administration understands how an ath- a successful athletic program can help a university. And now they got to now they got to put their, their their money where their mouth is. They, they've got they, they've got the, the donors now that are a lot more interested in the program. They they, they need to get on the ball and, and make the facility improvements that they need to make an indoor practice facility, a better weight room, all, all, all of that stuff. And and it can't be just lip service. They, they, they need right. to do it. And they need to do it now. They need to capitalize on it now because you never – I think this team is built to stay and be good, but you never know. But right now, the enthusiasm is never going to be higher than the first time you do something like this and they're coming yes. off a Cotton Bowl win over USC in a 12-win season and their coach is coming back and their quarterback is coming back. Yeah. Uh, um, Immediately, unprecedented. This, all this stuff needs unprecedented. To yeah, unprecedented. Yeah. Never in my lifetime, it's never happened. No. Nope. Right. Um, when you look at this this year, and um, just from a, from your standpoint of being there, because mm-hmm. I know how Tulane fans feel. I, I mean, again, I got a lot of friends that are still diehard Tulane fans. I know how they feel. How was it to cover this year? To cover this uh-huh. this year. It was fantastic, and I'll say, Eric, I didn't see this coming before the year started. Maybe I should have because I just wrote a story. We're doing a special section in The Advocate, a collector's edition um, that's going to be coming out maybe this weekend. I'm not sure exactly when. Um, but, but Tulane basically had 11 players coming back who are all conference-caliber type players, and then they brought in 10 players from the transfer portal, n- n- which is r- incredible for a team that only won two games last year. But – I, I saw it in the Kansas State game, Eric. I, that was the only game I picked Tulane to lose as the season went along because I hadn't seen them beat a team like that. And what impressed me the most that day was that Tulane really didn't even play that well. They played okay. That was a game where Tajay Spears was a little bit injured. They almost used him as a decoy. They relied on their backup Iverson Celestine for most of their key carries. Michael Pratt was not accurate that day. I don't even think he completed half of his passes, but the defense did not miss a tackle. They shut, they shut down Deuce Vaughn. They shut down and Adrian Martinez, Nebraska's quarterback, and, and made every play. And Tulane looked like the better team, won a hard-fought game, and that was without even at peak performance. And w- when I saw them beat a team like that while just playing the, a normal, average game, I realized this could be a special team. And from that point on, I was locked in. I, 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 like, I, the advocate didn't pay, doesn't automatically pay for me to go on the road, but there was no way I was missing the Houston game after <laughs> after that, even though Tulane slipped right. up the next week against Southern Miss. And at that, it was that early in the year, I realized this could be a special season. Did I see them beating USC in the Cotton Bowl? That maybe not, but but you could tell this was a championship caliber team that early in the season, and so it was just fun watching it materialize week by week by week afterwards. One for the ages. You did, you covered it great uh, throughout the entire season. Congratulations to you. Tulane, the Tulane family, all the fan, long-suffering fans of Tulane. I mean, kiss. I can't say enough. And they're and they made the TikTok uh, Cafe billboard. Okay, <laughs> Tulane has made yeah. the TikTok, TikTok Cafe yep. billboard as well, which is which is huge. Uh, once again, thank you so much for being part of our program each and every week. Also, again, joining us on TV today. Tell us about your fantastic website. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, the um, collectors uh, edition yep. is coming up. Tell us about that and how folks can follow you on social media. Sure. First, the collector's edition, the advocate, um, doing a special section on Tulane. I wrote a story just kind of how the roster came together. How did it happen for them to go, go that far that quickly? Um, that, that, that's my contribution to the section. Um, Rod Walker, who wrote a brilliant column at the, after the game about what it, about calling this the best 
Tulane whenever against USC. He has a column in there. Jeff Duncan has a column in there. There's game recaps of every game that Tulane played this year. It's going to be what you want in a special section to keep to keep forever. <laughs> um, then my website, thewavereport.com. There were a thousand interviews in in in, uh, in Arlington, Texas, when I was there, and every pretty much every one of them um, you'll find on that website. As I gave to gave Tulane fans everything they want to know about how this team was approaching the game, how they felt about the game, and a fair amount of what USC thought going into the game. Too. That, that's one other quick thing. USC played hard in that game. All this talk, yeah, and I, people thought they might not, you know, be focused. They were unbelievably focused, and they really wanted to win the game. So Tulane beat a team playing at its peak. That's that. That's the other thing to say about that game. Um, and uh, yeah, and then and then Nola.com. Um, I've, I've been, I've, I've wrote and I've been writing stories all week long, um, notebooks, everything else. Cause it, it's hard to write enough. <laughs> it's yep. hard to write. That's so much material. Did so many interviews, such a special moment. It, it, it's hard to, it, you can't capture everything. Cause it, it's just, it's just, it was just incredible experience. Congratulations on, on again, your great job in covering the team. And once again, thank you for being with us each and every week. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. Love being on there. There you go. That's Gary Smith. Can you catch us? Catch him tonight, six o'clock on again the on, on Inside New Orleans Sports. And as always, Gary, thanks thanks for your time. Uh, at Gary Smith on Twitter, and of course you can. Uh, I would say yeah, say it again. Tulane fan, come on, man. You gotta you gotta subscribe to the Wave Report. All right. Um, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Uh, again, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. We're, we're in that middle, uh, you know, that, that up and down part of, of, of our winter, right? Uh, beautiful day today. You probably have the air conditioner at the house if you don't have the windows open. Uh, again, we'll be back to cooler temperatures where you be using your heater. Uh, you need a company you can trust. You need a company, again, that can come out when you need them uh, to make sure, again, that AC is working and also your heater is working uh, safely. Uh, if you're looking for a company you can trust, a company that's never going to gouge you, never going to cheat you, only doing the work is necessary and again uh has after hour service well as 15 trucks in the field on a 30 minute minute curse call before they come to your home it is burkhardt i've used burkhardt for over 30 years i've trusted him for over 30 years you can as well burkhardt air conditioning and heating that's acpromise.com that's acpromise.com today's program is brought to you by the oceana family of restaurants Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, uh, the Hideout Bar, as well as Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. All are open late, all are open seven days a week. Cajun Cuisine at its finest, incredible cocktails. Get out there and enjoy a meal or cocktails at one of the Oceana family of restaurants. I'll be right back with Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. I'm Eric Asher. Don't move. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgaters Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 106.1 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgaters Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 106.1 Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Look out for an accident blocking the left lane on 10 eastbound at the Almanaster Louisa exit. Any delays are going to be solid on 10 eastbound from Elysian Fields to Downman. In the meantime, look out for delays solid on the 610 on the eastbound side from St. Bernard to the 10610 merge and on the westbound side right at Canal Boulevard. If you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City Connection, look out for delays solid from Stumpf Boulevard to the Camp Street exit. 
If you're traveling westbound along the Pontchartrain Expressway, be mindful of delays from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. Look up delays pick back up on the westbound side of the West Bank Expressway from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale. In the meantime, look out for accidents. Bourbon at Bienville, also Earhart at Loyola, John Churchill Chase at South Peters, and Elysian Fields at North Durbany. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can have. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhardt to be there quick and get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhardt to treat you with respect to help you save with a fair price and do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhardt always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, The Hideout Bar, and Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant. Voted number one restaurant in memory by TripAdvisor. Uh, just a great time to go to Bobby Bear's. I mean, especially with all the sports going on at the same time. Uh, you can go in and check out, again, 30-plus uh, TV screens. You'll never miss a play. Even, again, TVs in the restrooms, you'll never miss a play. And then the menu is, is second to none. Fantastic uh, menu for you. Yes, featuring Cre uh, Cajun Creole cuisine, but so much more. Something for everyone on the menu. Also, again, the, the, the cocktail menu is fantastic. The, uh, the beer selection is, is on point. 
Uh, and then, of course, great mixologists as well. Uh, Bobby Hebert's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique because it's the perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. That means, again, if you love memorabilia like I love memorabilia, it's, it's, it's literally like a museum. You walk through there, you see one-of-a-kind items all over the restaurant. And remember, they can handle, handle your next event as well. Private room for you. They're open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. And let me tell you something, folks, open late. Uh, they also can del- deliver in parts of Metairie, and you can also use delivery services to bring home, again, Bobby A. Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant Fair. Looking for a great place to grab a bite to eat? It's Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. All right, thanks to Gary Smith for joining us for the program. Uh, we've got some great news we'll be bringing to you at the top of the next hour, but I'll just tease it now uh, and, uh, with the situation with DeMar Hamlin. Uh, the Pelicans and the Saints uh, are, are, are donating automatic external defibrillators uh, to all the local recreational facilities. That's Je- that is Nord as well as Jefferson Parish Recreation Department. Uh, the Saints uh, uh, and the Pelicans ponying up for that. Uh, 40 North facilities, 27 GPRD uh, facilities will receive uh, the, the AEDs, including 35 parks, three baseball fields, two football facilities, uh, and, of course, there will be training sessions for the staff members to be able to utilize that. It's funny because – uh, my producer Rudy Dixon and I were talking about that before the show started, about how a Delisau kid had a, had an issue, same type of issue, uh, with with car, with a, with a, a, a coronary arrest, and. Um, Ultimately, his parents were trying to raise money for all the high schools in the city to be able to have those on, on, um, on site. The, the Saints and Pelicans have stepped up for the recreational departments. Thanks to Gail Benson, who continues to be, again, you want to, you want to put a statue up for somebody? Let's put it up for Gail Benson, who's been an, an incredible philanthropist for this city. Uh, and, of course, uh, just great job. And, hey, Derek, my man, thank you, brother, sending it over to me, giving me the update on that. Always appreciate you uh, giving me a little bit of information. Uh, kudos to you, my friend. All right, Mike Scarborough joins us. Uh, there, there's no better site than TigerBait.com. And, and now that he has expanded it to the YouTube site, which is absolutely blown up, uh, you know, it was when, when TigerBait first started, you, you loved it for its message boards and, of course, the great information. Uh, it, uh, it is so much uh, uh, the expansive and, and better now with again, with, again, everything that Mike is doing. Nobody records more high school games on a, on a week-in, week-out basis than he does. He, he sees these players up close and personal, so you, you, you get, again, a scouters-type report on everything that's going on, high school sports here in Louisiana, especially high school football. And he joins us each and every week on the program, and I'm proud to have him. Mike, jo- uh, Mike welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, having me, and, and, and as usual, thanks for the kind words, Eric. Mike, before we get started, man, tell, tell, tell the folks how they can get involved with your fantastic site. That's it, Tiger. We always offer the trial for $1, and um, go to our Tiger Bait YouTube channel on LSU Tigers. Uh, on Tiger Bait, and uh, hit the subscribe button notification bell there. Uh, we ought to be hitting 17,000 subscribers within a week, and um, our growth there has been un- unbelievable. And it is. We, we do, uh, you know, live shows there in the evenings and um, go live uh, a lot during the year and a lot of updates and, and player interviews, press conferences, everything's there for free. And, and I'm telling you, folks, that's the free content, and, and, and it's and it's inexpensive as well. If you want to go ahead and become become a member, uh, if you're a Tiger fan, you should be again subscribing to TigerBait.com. Uh, Mike, everybody's asking me, and I surely don't know. I got to ask the guy that knows. What's up with Demario Tolan? Yeah, uh, it, it, it's 
I haven't gotten uh, gotten a uh, a real answer. You know, when you see something like that in, in this day and age of NIL, uh, you can kind of guess what might be happening. I think when he ends up uh, announcing where his destination is, it probably will come a lot clearer. Uh, but for a guy like him who's been at LSU for not very long and a lot of talent, and certainly there's an opportunity to this position, it, it has a lot of people scratching their head. But um, um, there's also some thought that maybe he was in a bit in the doghouse, um, didn't participate in the bowl game. And, and so um, I, I, I wonder if that's probably the, the bigger issue uh, for him. Mike, I was going to ask you that because – I found it strange. I was watching the game, and I didn't see him out there. And there was really no, no, no talk about, again, what had happened one way or the other. And, of course, this comes out the following week. I had speculated that, again, even though, again, there's no tampering allowed in, in college football, we know that, again, directly and indirectly there is. And that maybe one of the other schools saw that, got to him, and wanted him to, um, to sign. Or maybe, again, uh, Kelly got wind that maybe, again, he was thinking about moving on uh, with an NIL deal elsewhere. I just found it strange that he wasn't on the field for the, for well, the Citrus Bowl. I, I, don't, I don't think that would have stopped Kelly from dressing him out and having him participate. Um, just the fact that he was going to get in the portal or, or maybe he, there was an NIL deal. Because that's, you know, that's going to be the case with a lot of players. Um, I think it, I tend to think there's probably something team rule wise or campus wide that is, is 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 probably lurking there. And so, I mean, he would have played a great deal in in, in the oh. second half of that football yeah. game. I mean, m- most of the scout team played the majority of the fourth quarter. How does this affect the linebacker position? I, I think they're going to be fine. Um, they they're they're about to have an infusion of, of new talent. The, the portal's still wide open. Um, we're going to see who they bring in uh, when they host that uh, one recruiting visit weekend next week. Um, and so, and I think the majority of those visitors are likely to be uh, college transfer portal uh, visitors versus high school. And um, but even then, it, it's people need to remember that you still have the May, you have two weeks in May of the portal. Um, I think that's, that might be where the most action will be for how LSU fills out and and gets closer to 85 than than filling it out now for February. That leads me to my next question, which is about the quarterback position. All three quarterbacks got a chance to be able to play uh, in the citrus bowl. Uh, I thought all quarter, all three quarterbacks looked fairly well. Um, how do you think this is going to shake out now? Um, uh, is, is Nussmeyer a guy that you think is going to be a lean to be able to move on after spring? Uh, is this going to be a wide-open competition where, again, Nussmeyer has a chance to be able to overtake Jaden Daniels if, if ultimately he falters? Uh, how do you see this thing kind of playing out? Yeah, I, I you know, I, we're, we've all – I think most were shocked when all three were, were coming back for the spring – um, is it going to be even more of a shocker if all three come back after May? And so um, does it all of a sudden become higher odds if, if one of the three leaves after spring, does it become higher odds that maybe it's Walker Howard and not Garrett Nussmeyer? I don't know. Um, don't forget, you've got Ricky Collins that's going to be there at midterm. Right. And so that's going to eat into some of the reps in spring. 
which so again gives you four quarterbacks in the spring like last year. Uh, the only difference is it was Miles Brennan that was there. So, um, what this really does, and this is the free COVID year. Um, last year, when Jade Daniels was recruited to LSU, the discussion was that he would only come for a year. He would only be here for a season and go pro. So him coming back and and you know getting to now play five years of college football, um, you know, just delays the other kids at that position. And look, I, there's people out there, yeah, these guys need to learn to wait their turn and don't transfer. Um, man, that, 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 that's easy for you to say. Um, and it's certainly a whole other animal at the quarterback spot than in the other position. So, and don't forget, LSU's got a five-star quarterback committed for the class of 2024, Colin Hurley, that'll be there at midterm next year. Right. So, you can see where, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer's feeling it pretty good right now. But what, how, how you know, how does he need to feel about his, the likelihood of, of him getting how much playing time in the fall uh, for him to come back for another year? Um, because, you know, he's, he, he's further along in his eligibility than Walker Howard is. So, I I, um, I think there's some fear out there that that, that the five star Walker Howard that everybody's been really most excited about is end up could end up being the one that leaves. How big was the tenth win uh, against Purdue for the psyche of the program this year, considering everything everything that they've accomplished? Um, I I think it's big. Uh, Those kids uh, and now that just look at the fun they were having, Uh, you know. Uh, all the video footage that we saw for the week out there in Orlando, uh, the kids having fun on the football field, um, the morale in the program right now is extremely high. And so, um, and what's really evident about that is when you look at uh, some of the uh, graphics that different outlets are putting out there, schools with the most transfer portal entries, um, you know, LSU has fared very, very well. And, you know, usually when you have a new coach that comes in a program, you're going to have some guys that, uh, in pretty good numbers that aren't going to buy in or they don't like their position coach, whatever it's going to be. And look, what, look, look at the numbers that uh, Brian Kelly's had. I mean, the, the guys who've gotten in the portal except for Tolan, and, and Tolan I think there probably is a good reason we just don't know it, the facts around it. Uh, everybody, everybody else has gotten there. Made sense, Right. Right. I mean, everybody can understand Jack Besh and, and mm-hmm. Sam sure. Pa and, and, and all the others. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Speaking now, um, big picture, what does this team need going into next season? Uh, I still think they probably look for a center. Could there still be another defensive tackle? Uh, could there still be uh, another corner that they could bring in, another tight end maybe? Um, now that John Emery's coming back, that I thought that thought that was actually a surprise. So you've got all the running backs back, and you, you plug in, uh, you know, Trey Holly and Caleb Jackson. Right. So, you know, I was saying, you know, 
for the last several months that I thought it was probably inevitable they bring in a transfer portal running back. I don't think that's the case now. As far as uh, because, as, as the founder, because you, you got all the running backs back. I mean, what's right. Derek Davis going to do? I think Derek mm-hmm. Davis stays. Well, it was good to see him put him get some playing time the other night as well. No, no, no yep. doubt about it. The foundation now has been laid. Uh, do you anticipate any changes on the coaching staff going forward? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not seeing it right now. That doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, but I think the main players in the program, as in the, your main coaches, I think they're all staying put. And NIL, yeah, which I hear some. I think everybody's, probably, everybody's probably the most concerned about uh, mm-hmm. Matt House. Right. I don't right. see Matt House going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only way, the only way you, you would get him, I think, is if you offer him a head coaching job. And But – he, he he left the NFL to come to college football, and um, if anybody in college football tries to get, make him a defensive coordinator, she's going to beat him uh, dollar-wise. Sure. Um, NIL, where is LSU now? I mean, again, are you comfortable with where they are in terms of being able to compete with the rest of the SEC? Look, there's some crazy stuff going on out there. Uh, when you see kids uh, dropping off LSU's commitment list and, and flipping to Auburn when they didn't even have a coach yet, Back in November, um, and uh, Auburn spending big money. Um, I, I think there's going to be some outliers like that and little bursts that you see in certain places. But I think overall, uh, NIL, LSU is where they need to be. I, I, I don't see if they're in the hunt for a five-star uh, you know, wide receiver or mm-hmm. a, an offensive tackle uh, from Michigan or whatever state you want to name that they're going to lose out because uh, they're not in the mix in in what the market is NIL-wise. I just don't see it happening. There you go. Mike, thanks each and every week for being with us. Always great information. One more time, tell the folks about everybody, tell everybody about about your fantastic website. That's it. Go to tigerbait.com, and uh, we've got it all for you. Uh, Women's game tonight, we've got coverage of that. And uh, got a lot going on at TigerBait.com. If you're an LSU fan, we want to have you on board and a part of our community. Beautiful. It's, 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 again, you're a Tiger fan. Uh, you got to be part of again Tiger Bait community. No doubt about it. Thank you, Bud. Appreciate it as always. At Scarborough Mike on Twitter. We'll check in with you next week. All right, Eric. Have a good weekend. There- there he goes. You too, bud. That's uh, Mike Scarborough. Hey, again, folks, don't forget about my friends over at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. I don't care where you live. If you're looking for a new system, now's the time to be able to strike. Uh, call Burkhardt. They're authorized to sell some of the top brands in the industry. Uh, they, their crews, again, are experts in installing um, uh, your, your air conditioning system. Make sure, again, if you're looking for a, a system, uh, you think Burkhardt. Let them come out and give you a price. That's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back. Eric Ash here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in town. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe in the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in authentic French Quarter Courtyard on our Bourbon Street balcony. 
Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with fam. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at MamboNola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhart to be there quick and get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhart to treat you with respect, to help you save with a fair price, do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhart always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhart. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine for 1061 Nash Icon. Celebrate carnival season with 12th night this Friday night at the Rabbit Hole on Aretha Castle Haley with Big Chief Bo Dallas Jr. and the Wild Magnolias playing all your favorite Mardi Gras tunes. And sci-fi and movie fans don't miss this weekend the return of Fan Expo at the Convention Center with stars from Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, and more. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, pick up the new issue of Where You At Magazine at restaurants, coffee shops, and retail outlets all over town. Or visit us at whereyat.com. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. All right, welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6. Weekdays 4 to 6 right here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. I uh, want to thank uh, Gary Smith and also uh, Mike Scarborough for joining us for the program. And, again, don't forget our program today brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Oceana Grill, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's and the Hideout Bar. Oh, man, you got to get over there and get a, grab, grab a great meal. Cocktails, getting together with friends, family. Maybe you're having your next event. Uh, Mardi Gras is a great time in the French Quarter to be at Oceana Grill or, again, on the balcony over at uh, Mambo's or Old New Orleans Cookery. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant here on the Metairie uh, Parade Route. Man, I'm telling you, they do it up for you, right? 365, uh, 20, and, of course, uh, open late all the way until 1 a.m., 
make sure, again, next time you're hungry, next time you're looking for a place to grab some cocktails to get together with friends, you do it at one of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right, Eric Asher again with you. Uh, coming up in the second hour, we will have Ali Cassell uh, leading off and then uh, followed by Ross Jackson. So we're talking Pels, talking Saints in the second hour. If you missed the first hour, you can check it out on our Anchor app on your favorite podcasting platform. Search Inside New Orleans Show with Eric Asher. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Asher. I'm here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. Hey, Eric, 17 years later, we're still open 24-7. Yeah, your sign ought to read, sorry, we're open. Come on, man, 24 hours a day? You know how tough that is? That's a real service to the community. Yeah, the Poison Control Center is open 24 hours, too. Uh, the TikTok Cafe, where the gluten is always free, intersection of I-10 and Causeway, also known as the intersection of salmonella and high cholesterol. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.
all day. We're gonna be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. of Inside New Orleans, Eric Asher with you until 6, 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana family of, restu- of restaurants, pardon me, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, also again, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, the Hideout Bar. This half hour brought to you by our friends at Oceana Grill, and we hope the truth does set you free. Bourbon and Conti in the French Quarter, they are the truth. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant by Everyday Dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week for you. Home in New Orleans, best breakfast. If you love breakfast like I love breakfast. And, you know, my wife put in these uh, vanilla um, um, uh, scented, um, automatic scented deals I'm, uh, in, in, in all the wall outlets. I can't remember the, 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 the brand now. And every day I wake up and it smells like pancakes around here. And I, I just want to go to Oceana and just dive into a stack of pancakes. Uh, but any type of breakfast you want. I'm telling you right now, they got it for you. It's a fantastic breakfast uh, uh, spot for you. I- I'll put up against any breakfast in the city. I really will. Uh, Cajun Creole dishes that, again, are fantastic for lunch and dinner. Uh, amazing cocktails by some of the great mixologists here in New Orleans. Uh, belly up to the, bo- to the, o- to the bar uh, for a dozen raw oysters. Again, charcoal oysters made right there in front of you. And then, of course, the menu. Fantastic. Cajun, Cajun Creole cuisine, but also other items for you. Again, the, uh, something for everyone. Five private rooms to accommodate uh, again, from 10 to 120 guests, but also use that for an overflow. A beautiful courtyard that is spectacular by day, a beautiful day, spectacular by night, and uh, also family friendly. A perfect place to be able to go out with friends, family. Maybe you're trying to close that business deal. It's Oceana Grill, man. Oceanagrill.com is where you can find out the menu and everything you need to know about Oceana. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Open 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. daily, seven days a week. Get out there and enjoy a great meal or a cocktail at Oceana Grill. All right, so much to get into in this second hour. Ali Cassell is going to join us at um, 5.15. Uh, that'll be followed by Ross Jackson at 5.35. And uh, he will join us on the program talking Saints. Ali's going to talk some Pels. All right, uh, I teased this a little bit in the last hour. Um, and it just so happened that my, uh, my producer and I were talking about this, Rudy Dixon and I, uh, before the show started. Uh, and I had to go back and look it up, and I love the Internet. The Internet makes you so smart, doesn't it? Uh, i got to go back to 2012. Uh, this is a Channel 6 article, uh, February 2012, where, again, um, um, they were talking about uh, two families coming together to give defibrillators, uh, heart defibrillators, to schools uh, around the metropolitan area. In this particular uh, article, it is about uh, Chad Barcia, uh, Chad who was an Adelis Hall offensive lineman, who again uh, had a cardiac arrest and died. Uh, since then, his uh, his mother Nancy and his father AJ have been putting ha- have been putting heart defibrillators in schools across Louisiana. They were joined by another family, uh, again the uh, the Abair family. Uh, th- their son uh, uh, lost his life. Uh, again, in uh, Jeremy, also again playing football, cardiac arrest here in, in Louisiana. Uh, and they, they were able to donate 11 defibrillators uh, to, again, to St. Tammany schools. 
Uh, we know that the, the Barcias have, again, have been giving them to the uh, uh, not just North Shore schools, but also, again, around, around the city. Um, uh, and it kind of leads me into, into um, what, the, uh, what, what the Saints and Pelicans are, are doing. Um, what, what's amazing about this is, is this has really come to the forefront because, because of, uh, of DeMar Hamlin and, and his situation. And, uh, again, uh, uh, according, to, uh, according to the doctors today, uh, he is doing well. Uh, better, let me say that. Uh, there's a lot of relief and joy right now uh, surrounding him. Um, uh, he is, uh, uh, again, was able to uh, communicate by, via, via uh, uh, pen and paper uh, with, uh, with the doctors. Uh, when he came out uh, slowly out again out of, out of the sleep that they put him in, uh, uh, he asked who won the game. They, they said, yes, DeMar, you won. You won the, won the game of life. Uh, again, he's neurologically sound. He's moving his hands and feet, uh, and he's getting better, and that is great news. And I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's the power of prayer. Uh, I don't know where you are in your life in terms of, again, what you believe and what you don't believe, but I believe very much in the power of prayer, and uh, the power of prayer will, will, will overtake anything, and uh, this is the power of prayer. I mean, the entire world is praying for this guy, and, and you can see the results of it. Uh, but again, uh, uh, this, these two families have come together to really, to really make sure that the high schools uh, have these defibrillators, uh, and, uh, that, that's, and that's back to 2012, okay? Uh, that's how long this has been going on today. And I want to thank my man Derek for sending me this stuff uh, before during the show today. The Saints and Pelicans have come together uh, and announced that, again, they are donating automatic external defibrillators uh, to the New Orleans Recreation Department and Jefferson Parish, Re- Jefferson Parish Recreation Department uh, in the light of what's happened to uh, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, again, 40 Nord facilities, 27 JPR uh, facilities, JPRD facilities will receive the AEDs, including 35 parks, three baseball fields, two football facilities, uh, uh, and, uh, of course, uh, again, uh, both Nord and Je- Jefferson Parish Recreation Department are, are, are so um, grateful for this. This is just Mrs. Benson at her best, at her best, okay? Uh, just, again, uh, what she's done in, in terms of, phil- uh, of being a, a philanthropist in, in our city uh, is amazing. We already know she's going to donate her fortune to the city of New Orleans, which, again, is going to be amazing for this city. It, is, it could be, the, again, the, the, the lifeboat for our city and, and our region when it's all said and done, the type of money that's going to be donated uh, to this city when, when, when she passes. I'm hoping she doesn't pass anytime soon, but when, when she passes. But this, this is an incredible give back. Um, it, it's amazing when you, when you start... Um, uh, realizing, because again, you don't—it it happens, but you don't really think about it a lot. Uh, but again, when it happens on a national stage, like it did w- with Hamlin in the in the, in the Buffalo Cincinnati game, it really puts everything really, uh, really again up front uh, for all of us to be able to be able to see. And uh, this is really a, a, a great give back. Uh, and the more we think about it now, and is that that there should be one at every game. There should be one, again, at every practice. In addition to, again, uh, donating these, def- these automatic uh, um, uh, defibrillators to um, uh, the playgrounds in New Orleans and in Jefferson Parish, there's going to be training uh, for, those ind- for the individuals, the coaches, and, uh, and others to be able to, to again, to, to operate this, this, uh, this equipment. Uh, this is just in light of a, of a tragedy, which, again, looks like it's going to be, again, maybe a little less of a tragedy because maybe, you know, it looks like uh, Hamlin will, 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 will maybe get out of this and, and, and maybe, again, be able to live a, a good life. You know, again, 
fingers crossed, prayer hands put together on that one, right? Uh, but this is something that uh, now that it's the forefront, I think it's going to going to be in a situation where I think a lot of people are going are going are going to look at that and say, you know, what I need to give. Uh, maybe I need to need to give uh, in, uh, give to be able to do this life saving uh, device, uh, and especially again in schools, playgrounds, etc. Uh, the, the, the Barcias and the A Bears have been doing this now for over a decade. The Saints and Pelicans jump in today, and that's just a fantastic uh, 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 news story, a good feel good news story for all of us, Mrs. Benson. You're wonderful. That's all I can say. Just a wonderful woman who's done a great deal for this city and continues to. And that is, again, uh, just a great thing for, again, the, the, the future athletes uh, and the current athletes in our city. All right. Let's head to the guest line. Joining us on the program now is uh, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. Uh, Ali, welcome to the show. I'll say it again. Uh, if you love Pelicans basketball, uh, your go-to site's got to be the Bird Rights. Uh, first of all, all the great information you get. Uh, even if you're just subscribing to Twitter and just follow the guys that write, uh, which you're going to be getting. And then, of course, the podcasts are fantastic. Ali with us again for another year. Ali, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Eric. I hope your new year was just as good as mine. It, well, it got a little sick, but other than that, dude, I'm, I'm excited about 2023. <laughs> I always am. I always, again, I'm very, very positive looking into a year, and I'm hoping for the best. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I really believe that um, uh, in my heart that 2023 is going to be a great year. I do, too. And I, I honestly think that a lot of Pelicans fans feel the same way, right? When's the last yeah. time have they been this optimistic, right, entering a new calendar year? You know, it, it, what's amazing is um, – and look, you and I have known it, right? Okay, look, when everybody was saying this wasn't a basketball city, you and I were, were continuing to say, yes, it is. Okay, yes, it is. Uh, but you look at the atmosphere of the Smoothie King Center right now, and it is loud. Uh, the, the, uh, again, obviously, an educated fan base as well. Uh, it's almost like a playoff atmosphere every single week, every single game. It absolutely is. I, I remember remarking that very early in the season in every game subsequent home game, it felt like that. And it's not something that's commonplace. At least it wasn't for me, and I've been covering this team for a long time. So it definitely stands out. People that have been watching or attending these games for more than a year, they, they know the way it used to be. But now, right, it almost seems like every game you're looking forward to something good happening, right? Yes. I mean, and it's not just Zion Williamson, which, of course, hey, He's fourth right now in the first release of the All-Star ballot, so good for him. Obviously, he's going to be the biggest draw. And people love Brandon Ingram, too. But it's all these players on the roster, right? Take your pick. I mean, Jose Alvarado, for everything he's accomplished, mm -hmm. right, with his Grand Theft Alvarado to scoring 38 points against Denver in a big win earlier this year. Najee Marshall, what he strides he's made. Everybody loves Najee. Excuse me. Herb Jones and Trey Murphy. So you go up and down the list, there's mm -hmm. something that you – Every fan loves about at least several players on this roster. So you go there for that experience, and you're always rewarded every single game uh, within inside Smoothie Kink Center. It, it has been a remarkable turnaround, but uh, they're in a tough spot right now uh, with losing, again, both of their superstars. Well, two of the three of the superstars they have on this team. Uh, Talk, let's talk about this. Is be a tough, July is a tough month in terms of the schedule for this team. Uh, first of all, the prognosis on um, on Brandon Ingram coming back. He's been out six weeks. Is, is there any light at the end of the tunnel? There is. The first time around, Eric, about two weeks into this injury that he has, everybody expected him back. And that was about the time they went on that four-game road trip out west, if everybody can recall. But at that time, when he was out, out west, suffered a setback. So he got shut down for a couple of weeks or so. 
and didn't really work on his body or in his gaming kind of reconditioning up until I want to say about maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So he's ramping back up. And the thought is he should be ready to go and say maybe another seven to 10 days, provided there's no other setbacks, which again, you know, we, we don't know if that'll happen. But for right now, he's tracking back for a return pretty darn soon. They, they desperately need him, especially against, again, the tougher teams in, in the NBA. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Zion was playing at an MVP level uh, when he got injured. And, again, it was, it's, just a, it's a tough injury because it's a hamstring. And those things can linger. You have to make sure you're 100% healthy. They talked about three weeks, and then they're going to they, they're reevaluate. Uh, he could be out three, four, f- maybe five weeks, depending on how quickly he can heal. Right. I mean, there's two things going on here. One, you just mentioned hamstring injuries. They seem to linger. And if you rush back too quickly, guess what? You're going to be on the shelf for a lot longer. We just saw that in Phoenix. Devin Booker, who was dealing with a hamstring issue, came back to play against the Pelicans in one of the games. And, of course, he retweaked it about four minutes into the game. He's now finished, or excuse me, in the game after the Pelicans, he retweaked it. And so now he's on the shelf for at least a month. And there's other players around the league dealing with it. Paul George, um, and we've seen it in past history. Like, look at how it, you know, habilita- or, uh, hindered Chris Paul. So you know the Pelicans are going to take their time, especially because it's Zion Williamson, right? They always treat him with kids' gloves. They make sure that he's fully 110% ready to go. So I think, honestly, this three-week timeline should kind of be ignored. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come back, Eric, till at least February, but it may even be until after the All-Star break. I think that's the outside limit. But right now, I'm thinking maybe four to six weeks. That's about how long he's going to be out. You know, he wants to play in the All Star game. I mean, yeah, you know, he wants yeah. to showcase himself. I mean, you know, uh, and again, and also the motivation to get back. You know, again, a lot of us questioned again his, you know, his will to play over the last couple of years because often injured. I think he's proven to the fan base and to the basketball world this guy wants to play basketball. And it's just again, just the again the injuries or the injuries, and he's had to recover. We've seen that out of his play this year. He loves the game of basketball. He does. He's always tried to tell us that, you know, but a lot of people didn't listen. We though who followed him closely heard it, and we and we can see it right in his reactions, how he treats. Um, has the respect for the game. Because anybody that's that young can call back, not just, you know, the Michael Jordans and the Magic Johnsons, Larry Birds, but these these players that grew up in his region, right, in the Carolinas, the players that barely even played in the NBA ball, mm-hmm. you know he's got a fan. He's a very big, big passion for the sport. So it is unfortunate, but I'll tell you what, if there's any way he can get back for the All-Star game, I'm sure he would want to. And especially, Eric, think about this. If he can leapfrog somebody ahead of him, and this all-star balloting right now, he's currently fourth. But you got to right. be in the top three to become a starter yes. uh, automatically for the front court. So if he could leap for Frog, say, Anthony Davis, maybe by coming back a little bit uh, and mm-hmm. playing a few games beforehand or something along those lines, boy, I know, I know he's not going to want to pass that opportunity up. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. All right, let's talk about what happens now. Okay, who fills in? How do they feel? Who takes on a more prominent role? How do you see this playing out? Well, I think we got a very perfect blueprint <laughs> in that win over the Houston Rockets. C.J. McCollum, they're going to look to him. And I'll tell you what, if he can play like he did against Houston, they're going to be okay in most games. You know, not only does he give you points, which he gave you 28 on good shooting, I think he knocked down what, about five three-pointers. It, what I loved was the playmaking, because that's been spotty for him, right? He's, he's had a few too many games with a lot of turnovers. Well, last night, six assists against zero turnovers. That's, I know, what Willie Green wants to see. That's what, obviously, everybody wants to see because the Pelicans have been struggling with miscues. And he's going to have to have the ball in his hands. There's no Zion until Brandon gets back. 
It's all going to fall in CJ's uh, hands, especially with that starting lineup. So he's going to be leading. And, you know, of course, Jonas Valanciunas. We saw what he can do last year, right, when he's asked. He can give you a double-double, a lot of times 20 and 10. So yesterday, what was it, about 16 points, 17 rebounds. I think that's going to be the status quo for right now, especially with Zion out. Somebody needs to score inside. They're going to look to Jonas just like they did last year. And then, of course, the role players, Eric, they seem to not have an issue with a lot of these guys stepping into bigger roles. Najee Marshall has been probably the best example. Anytime he's uh, filled in for Zion in the starting line, seems like he's getting about 15 points a game, getting you seven rebounds, four assists. And same thing with Trey Murphy. He's a deadly scorer, as we know, but he, he's a consistent 18 points when Brandon and Zion don't play. So they've got a lot of guys that are ready to step up. Now, how they play against the best teams, like on Friday against the Nets, that's going right. to be the biggest test, right? That and on the road game, where on you're just got to bring your best, and role players usually don't play that well on the road. Yeah, that's that's what I'm worried about, the road. More than more than home, the road. Because it, yeah. it, it like, it's played out that way. It plays out that way in every NBA city and every NFL city. I mean, again, when you when you're looking at guys that again that uh, that have have more subordinate roles, they this they don't have the ability to be able to sustain what they can do at home. There's no doubt about that. When we left uh, before the end of the year, my last show, one of the things we talked about was Jackson Hayes, and I was lamenting the fact that again that he hadn't progressed and he wasn't getting playing mm-hmm. time. Uh, he has played really well since given an opportunity to get back on the court. He has. He. Look, his number was called because there was no uh, Zion for a few games when he had to deal with his cover, but also Larry Nance going down. So suddenly that door opened for Jackson, I want to say, three days before uh, thanks, or excuse me, for Christmas. So he's only played in about seven, eight games, but boy, I'll tell you what, he's been really darn good. Because not only is he uh, putting the ball in through the hoop at a very good clip, right, shooting about over 70% from the field, he's giving you sometimes the, the rebounds, sometimes the blocks. And I think that's what stood out the most. There's about been two or three games He's gotten multiple mm-hmm. blocks, and yes. boy, if that could become a consistent part of his game, Eric, as we've always talked about, that's the biggest missing key for this team is having a reliable shot uh, rim defender, a shot, per, uh, shot rejection master. And Jackson's got all the tools, right, that ability, that athleticism. And now it seems like that understanding and that timing and that want is there. So let's see how long it goes. He always seems to play well for a stretch of games, but then he seems to yes. fall out of the loop. Let's hope he doesn't this time. Let's talk about two players that I really think I needs to step up with with Ingram and, and, all, and also Zion out. One would be uh, Devontae Graham. They're going to need his scoring. And then Dyson Daniels, his playmaking ability and his defense. Talk about those two guys. Yeah, Devontae Graham started off the year, I think, really well, playing his best ball that we uh, had seen in New Orleans uniform. I don't think he even played as well last year at any point because the shooting was there. And on top of that, the defense was there. He happily accepted his role, too, so that matters. Right, But over the last month or so, Eric, he struggled to put the ball through the hoop. And last night was a good example, right? He didn't make a single shot. I think he missed all three of his three-point attempts. Probably went 0 for 4 or something along those lines. And that's the thing with him. It's always been that he's a streaky shooter. Now will be a bad time for a slump. But I will say, he's getting the offense. He's helping the offense get into um, their plays mm-hmm. with, you know, B.I. out, Zion out. So that'll help. And Jose, you know, Jose has been struggling as well until last night's game with right. his shot. He- so I think it's going to be a combination. I think what Willie's going to end up doing is going to the guys. He's going to give everybody a chance. Right. Um, but the ones that are playing well, they're going to see the minutes towards the end of the game. So that's why I think Devontae only has seven minutes to run. I think that's why Dyson mm-hmm. didn't play a lot of minutes yesterday. Because right. even though he gives you some defense, it, 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 I'm seeing a little bit of hesitation in this game, right? 
He started off the year playing that .5 basketball where he's making a decision, shooting mm-hmm. or making a play for somebody real quickly. He's not doing that right now. And it reminds me of, honestly, Trey Murphy a little bit last year where you just lose your confidence, right? Game's moving a little bit fast. His shot's not going down. Suddenly you're going to be hesitant to shoot. Every rookie goes through that. So hopefully he can fight through that because the Pels, they need his defense at least out there, right, and his rebounding. Yep. So hopefully he'll be able to work through it quicker than Trey did last year. Yeah, I think those are two key guys going forward. I mean, if they get, he can get his scoring together, Graham, uh, get that all-around game going with, with Daniels, that's going to help. When we might see Larry Nance back? Yeah, that's the one that I don't have a clue on yet, any of us do, because Larry took a tough shot, and he said it, it really hurt his neck area. Um, and, and so he's, then he had to deal with some spasm. And anybody that's ever had, like, say, back issues, right, where you initially hurt him, and then it takes for a while for that to go yep. away, and you still fight through some spasms. Well, I think that's what he's going through with his neck. So I don't expect him to be back um, maybe for a couple more games, but he was upgraded, I think, to questionable on today's injury report. So he's moving in the right direction. We will probably see him at some point, of course, on a road trip, which is going to be five games. Ali, talk about this this January stretch here with possibly going without Ingram and um, and, and Zion and, and what they have to do. You know, uh, do they have to break even? Uh, what, what, what do you think they have to do in terms of, again, the uh, wins and losses? Yeah, since the flip of the, uh, the new calendar year, uh, month of January, it's going to be 10 of, I believe, 10 of 16 on the road. So they already, of course, had that loss in Philly to the 76ers the day after New Year's Day. And of course, they've got a lot more still left on the schedule, including, like I said, that five-game road trip. So that's been their sore spot, right? If there's one thing that they haven't done well this season, Eric, that's big play on the road because they're 7-10 yep. and 10 right now, and they've been actually trending the wrong way because they opened the year, I believe, 2-0. and or They had a good positive record right to start early, early on. So they're just going to have to find ways to win. So you can't have these, you know, if you look back at some of the losses on the road, like to the Lakers where they collapse. Where the Jazz, you know, they, I know they were blown out one of those games in Utah, mm-hmm. but they had a chance in the other, losing in overtime. And there's been several others. So they're going to have to just figure out a way to win those games because you're not going to have the home support. So I'm right. looking, it's going to be for CJ, right? CJ is going to really have to carry the, the team along with Jonas. And hopefully he'll get enough, contrib- those guys will get enough contributions from their teammates because honestly, it's going to be a learning process, right? These young guys suddenly playing 30 minutes a game and, and hostile crowds, not used to the environment or the rims. And so you got to just figure out a way. Hopefully they'll be able to figure out and break even. That's what I'm looking for. If you don't have Zion for this whole month, and say Brandon takes his time and then needs another week or so of adjusting right. back into getting his rhythm right like he usually does, well, I'm really hoping that they figure out a way to break even, maybe go 8-8 eight and eight for the month, something along those lines. 17-4 mm-hmm. and four at home, the best home record uh, in, uh, in the history of the organization uh, to start. 7-10 and 10 on the road. Uh, again, uh, you know, that's kind of been their Achilles heel, but, uh, uh, you know, we'll see how the, how that plays out. Um, uh, Brandon, uh, well, talking about uh, Willie Green, coach of the month, well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt, Eric. We, we, we saw what he did last year, and I thought he deserved coach of the year by holding them through that terrible 3-16 and start. I mean, there was no mutiny right on the ship. Nobody wanted off the ship. I mean, just look at Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander-Walker when they got traded to Portland. They sat courtside, despite that, you know, the Pels had a, you know, a very subpar year even up to that point, even though right. they kind of turned things around. So hats off to Willie and his entire staff. They seem to be able to push a lot of the right buttons, even though we know they're learning on a job, like with rotations at times and stuff like that. But for the most part, he's got the ear of every single person in that locker room. 
And that's rare. For anybody that follows the NBA, that, that's pretty rare, especially when you have stars on your team. So Willie's got that, and, and he's just got away with his words where these guys, it gets through to them. The message always gets through. So I think it's not a shocker to see this team because they have the talent where Willie pushed the right buttons, and they've been top 10 offense and defense. So, yeah, I, I think he's got a lot more future Coach of the Month awards, especially if, this, if David Griffin can keep this largely this team together. Right. Um, do you anticipate any movement as we get to the All-Star break and then beyond into the trading deadline with this team, or are they going to stay in pat, in your, in your opinion? I think they're going to stay in pat because I know the word was they wanted to see what they have. So we know everybody individually what they can do on this team, but they wanted to see especially these starters, right? They've only spent 10 games together, the usual starting lineup of McCollum, Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion, and Jonas Valanciunas. And so they're going to be hesitant to make a move even more so now because obviously we're not going to see Zion maybe up until, you know, somewhere close to that trade deadline. And so I don't know, Eric. I think they're going to probably just sit pat unless they can find a good deal mm-hmm. uh, where you're, you're basically just offloading some you know, auxiliary pieces like a Devontae right. Graham, maybe Jackson because he's in the final year of his deal and he's probably mm-hmm. not going to get a new one from David Griffin. Some, and, right. and maybe not a very costly draft pick, right? But other than that, no. I don't think there's going to be any major activity. Always get great information from Ali Cassell, the Bird Rights. Ali, thanks so much for your time as always. Tell us about your great site, how folks can follow you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Eric. You can follow us all along over at SB Nations, all in word, www.thebirdrights.com. But we've got you covered. Anything you need to know, analysis, Zion's injury, game recaps. And, of course, Eric, I know you mentioned it at the podcast. We're going to have one. We're going to record one very soon because it's been about a week or so. Mm-hmm. Always look forward to it, my friend. I always look forward to your appearance. Thanks so much for your time, as always. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Let's hope that they can do, you know, not only show well against Brooklyn, but on this five-game road trip, right? Let, let's see a yeah. couple wins at least. At least. Yeah, you don't want, to, you don't want the bottom to fall out here. And, and I, have, I have faith that they're, you know, they're, 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 they're going to hang in there. Uh, they're going to hang in there. I just hope that Brandon gets back quicker. I'm with you. They've so far have, they've met pretty much every task, right? There's a they reason have. why they're close to the top of the Western Conference. So, yeah, we should have some faith halfway through the no season. Doubt. I definitely do. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. Appreciate it, hey, bud. Yep. Thanks, Eric. There he goes, Ali Cassell, the Burr Rights. Again, at Ali Cassell on Twitter. All right, today's program is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, the Hideout Bar, all open seven days a week. They're open late. Fantastic menu for you. Great cocktails. Uh, the ambiance of each restaurant is fantastic, from the Bourbon Street balconies to the picture windows. Uh, again, uh, uh, it's carnival time uh, starting tomorrow again with Twelfth Night, and uh, we'll, be in a, you know, we'll be in that carnival mode, and nothing better than to be down in the quarter uh, at one of the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Restaurants or on, or on veterans at Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant. Uh, we got it all for you. It's the Oceana family of restaurants. Don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. If you're in the market for a generator, why would you go anywhere else? Uh, the service before and, the sale, uh, before and after sale is impeccable. Jason Burkhardt is an expert when it comes to generators. They put together a generator team that are experts as well. Uh, their dedicated generator team does everything for you. You don't have to do a darn thing except pick out your generator. Uh, that means, again, planning, permits, inspections. Everything is done for you. Also, again, uh, uh, putting that generator where it needs to be so it's in code uh, so that you don't have an inspector come out and say, oh, no, no, you got to move that now, okay? Uh, long before they were inspecting and making sure that, again, it was in a proper place, Burkhardt was putting it in the proper place uh, because of their knowledge of generators. Uh, they could finance that gener- for, generator for you over time, or you could pay all up front. 
You get a single-day install with Burkhardt after you come to an, an agreement for, again, the generator you want. And then the 24-7, 365 emergency service. If you have a breakdown, Burkhardt's there to get you back up and running. Again, they can maintain that generator for you. They have all the parts you need uh, stocked at their warehouse in, in Mandeville. And right now, in Mandeville, they have Generac generators waiting to be installed at your home or your business. Why would you go anywhere else? Go with a company I've trusted for 30 years. Go with a company you can trust with your generator needs. It's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, Generator Sales and Service, acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. Ross Jackson's up next. Don't move. If you want a little soul with your country, then you're with us. New Orleans country, from the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 1061 Nash Icon or anytime at NashFM1061.com. This report is sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Look out for a stalled vehicle that's blocking the left lane on the eastbound side of the West Bank Expressway right at Terry Parkway. Your delays are going to be heavy if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City Connection with backup solid from Stumpf Boulevard to the Camp Street exit. Also, in the meantime, look out for delays steady if you're traveling 10 eastbound from just past City Park to the high rise. Look out for delays solid 10 westbound from Clearview to the airport. If you're traveling on the 610 on the westbound side, your delays are solid from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. And on the eastbound side, from just before St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. If you're traveling westbound along the Pontchartrain Expressway, look out for backups from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. Look out for accidents Esplanade at North Claiborne, also Orleans at North Claiborne and Washington Avenue at Earhart. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. Everybody's looking for a mechanic shop they can trust. I got one for you. It's Southern Tire. Owned by the Piazza family since 1972. Uh, they're your one-stop shop for quality oil repairs and the best deals on tires. Folks, I'm telling you right now, same diagnostic equipment you get at the dealership, and you don't get those dealership sticker shock prices. Their ASC certified mechanics have been part of the, uh, of the Piazza family uh, in some cases for a decade. Uh, you can best believe, again, that uh, if you bring your vehicle over to Southern Tire, uh, they're going to have you in and out. Not going to be one of these situations. I need to keep your car overnight and you keep your car for two or three days they know what your car means to you and then if you need tires there's no one in the city no company no, no other other shop in the city that has a larger selection of tires than southern tire wheels and tires up to 30 inches and financing is available also again folks if you have damaged rims they can repair those rims for you why would you go anywhere else? If your car's out of warranty, you're in charge of a fleet account, bring it on over to Southern Tire. Hickory and Airline and Memory open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. Go to southerntire.com. Check out all the service they provide for your, uh, for, your, uh, for your vehicle. But also, remember that diagnostic page where you can troubleshoot what's wrong with your vehicle and then bring it over to Southern Tire and allow the Piazza family to get you back on the road. That's Southern Tire, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. Hickory and Airline in Metairie. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 
467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhart to be there quick to get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhart to treat you with respect to help you save with a fair price and do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhart always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhart. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? <laughs> no, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home at auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Of course, today's program and every Thursday is brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Mambo's. Three floors of incredible dining. I'm telling you, the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. First floor, picture windows overlooking Bourbon Street. You can sit there and watch all the, the craziness. There's a bar right there, uh, again, uh, within 20 feet of you uh, to get some great cocktails. Head to the back of the restaurant, authentic French Quarter Courtyard. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Hey, take the elevator to the second floor. Another beautiful bar right there. Plenty of seating for you to be able to dine, have cocktails. And, yes, you got a Bourbon Street balcony. Uh, then you go to the third floor. It's Bourbon Street's own only rooftop bar. Uh, beautiful rooftop bar with, again, uh, all the seating you need to be able to enjoy the, enjoy the night. Uh, you can eat there. You can have, you have cocktails there. And, of course, uh, again, th- just the, the sight lines are second off. You've never seen New Orleans or Bourbon Street like you've seen from Mambo's rooftop bar. It's one of a kind. It's the only, only one of its kind. Lunch and dinner served seven days a week. You can check out the entire menu at MamboNola.com. Go out with a night with friends, romantic getaway, maybe your next event. Maybe, again, just uh, trying to close that business deal. And, of course, right next door is the hideout bar. So you can head right next door. Live music for you each and every night. Great cocktails. you got food as well uh, in, in a French Quarter courtyard setting in this 300-year-old building. Uh, again, you can make it a night uh, at, in, in the 400 block of Bourbon Street. That's 411 and 413 Bourbon Street. That is Mambo's and the hideout bar. Make your next Bourbon Street memory at Mambo's and the Hideout Bar, part of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right, he does a fantastic job uh, for uh, Locked on Saints podcast. But also, again, if you love reading uh, his stuff, you can catch it at Saint Wire, uh, Saints Wire, also CrestedSports.com. Uh, I, I just think that, again, his attention to detail, his knowledge is second to none in our, in, our, uh, in our market. It's Ross Jackson. He joins us each and every week here on the program. Ross, Happy New Year to you, my friend. 
Hey, happy new year to you, buddy. Glad to be here with you. Appreciate you having me on, as always. Always good to have you. First of all, let's talk about the last three weeks and the turnaround for this team. Uh, and, again, unfriendly conditions up in Cleveland, sub-zero, uh, playing again uh, the, that game. Uh, you, you talk about, again, uh, what has transpired o- over the last two weeks, again, going into a tough Philadelphia game. Uh, 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 a tough Philadelphia uh, situation, even though Jalen Hurts wasn't there, winning that game. Of course, Atlanta is sandwiched in the middle and now uh, finishing off the season with Carolina. Um, took a lot of guts. Took, took a, lot, a, lot, a lot of, um, uh, of, I guess, of this team, which we've always known, again, uh, pride. Uh, but, again, they, 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 they've really shown out these last three games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they came out of that a Tampa Bay game a few weeks ago and, you know, looked at, you know, toward the end of the schedule here and, and felt that they had a chance to go, to go four and O coming out of the bye week. And, and, you know, so far they've done it three games in a row with a win at Atlanta and then the two aforementioned wins with the Cleveland Browns and the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, each of those situations and each of those games presented its own unique challenge, right? I mean, a division opponent with a rookie quarterback that you don't really know a lot about um, in the first game. And then, of course, those sub-zero feeling temperatures in Cleveland, that was its own own test. And then going to the Philadelphia Eagles and, and trying to beat them for the first time in, in three years and, and successfully doing so. And you're right, like Jalen Hurts was not a part of that game. But, you know, Gardner Minshew is an NFL quarterback. He has the same weapons and everything. And, and we just watched that team hang 34 on the Dallas Cowboys the week before. And so they didn't look like they were ready to miss a beat. But the New Orleans Saints defense, which hasn't allowed t- more than 20 points, and the last uh, seven games, which I believe hasn't been done since the Dome Patrol days, the Saints defense has sort of, you know, kind of created the identity that we thought that they would have over the beginning, you know, at the beginning of the season. It took some time to get there. Um, and, you know, that now they have a chance here to, to finish out with four straight wins, winning five out of the last seven games. And that's a great way to go into the offseason. It definitely feels much better than, again, the alternative. There's no doubt about it. It's pretty right. obvious now Dennis Allen will be back. Uh, in your opinion, do, are you expecting changes within the coaching staff? Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. I mean, it was it was pretty widely reported that you know they they had approached Pete Carmichael about the about you know s- you know sticking around with New Orleans and the the um, you know the uh, kind of thing that came from that was that he would stick around, but he wasn't going to be in the offensive coordinator role. Then all of a sudden, he was the offensive coordinator. So I, I could see them going back to the drawing board here in 2023 and seeing exactly where, you know, Pete wanted to go and, and, and get him there and then look to see if they can bring in a fresh offensive coordinator. I, I just think that this this team has been good enough on offense down the stretch to win with the way that the defense is playing, but you're in need of an offensive system here and scheme here that can maximize the talent on the roster and that's going to be able to, to do something new, do something different. I, I think it's time to maybe look at a new direction for, for the offense and figure out where they can go. We've, we've sort of seen that. A little bit, not as many screen passes, a lot of running Alvin Kamara between the tackles. Maybe that was a little bit too too stark of a change or, or a change in, in, in one direction, maybe a change in another direction in terms of going away from the Sean Payton system a little bit. Uh, makes sense for what the New Orleans teams could look to do moving forward. So I could see a potential change at that offensive coordinator, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of people knocking at the doors of Brian Nielsen and Chris Richard over the course of this offseason as well. So there's a potential there for a shift from co-defensive coordinators to a single defensive coordinator, depending on maybe one of them or both getting opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, I see the same thing. I think that they'll make a change at offensive coordinator, and I think they'll either go with one or other of the defensive coordinator, someone else will be a coordinator elsewhere. I'm with you on that. 
as you look at this team uh, again, um, we, we one of the exciting things has been the, the emergence of the young players on this team that have really again had an opportunity to shine with all the injuries. Talk a bit about that and what that has meant to this team going forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess let's start over on the offensive side with Rashid Shahid, right? I mean, he's one of the the biggest stories of the year coming in as an undrafted free agent. Um, you know, has never run a 40 time, didn't have a lot of offers, uh, you know, in terms or didn't have a lot, you know, of people that knew who he was coming out of out of Weber State to the point to where, you know, Dennis Allen told us on Monday, he looked at us in the uh, the press conference room and said, none of you guys knew who Rashid Shahid was until he showed up here. And and that's 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 pretty right. You know, I, I, maybe there are a couple of exceptions there. Uh, but outside of that, like there's not a lot of people that knew who Rashid Shahid was coming in. And now look at what he's done. I mean, the guy's kind of a household name here in the city of New Orleans uh, all of a sudden. And you look at you know, what he's done in terms of surpassing the production of players like Traquan Smith and Marquez Calloway and Keith Kirkwood from his, you know, previous opportunities with the team. And you think about what he's done in just 11 games being, I think Luke Johnson put it out not too long ago. He's the only player in the NFL that has a catch percentage of over 80%, but still averaging more than 20 yards per catch. I mean, he's had an incredible year. And, um, you know, looking at what he's done, I think he's, he's a big part. You look at where, uh, you know, Alante Taylor has really, kind of come up uh, and he's going to get an opportunity to start this week. Paulson Adebo telling us yesterday in the locker room that he's not going to start and he's that he's not going to play. So that should mean that Alante Taylor starts opposite Marshawn Lattimore next week. But, you know, he comes in and all of a sudden, you know, there are people calling for him to be the starter opposite Marshawn Lattimore to start the season. And so he's come up mm-hmm. and he's kind of, you know, challenged and, um, you know, kind of got, taken advantage of the opportunities and competition that he's been able to uh, to provide. Uh, Carl Granderson's another one, and he's a guy that's pushed another young guy kind of out of the way. You know, Carl Granderson has played so well. We've watched his snap counts go up while we've watched Marcus Davenport's come down. And, you know, Carl Granderson has been, you know, the bigger part of the last couple of weeks um, in, a, in a couple of instances of the game ceiling sack against Cleveland, uh, a sack and a half. He was in on two sacks against the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So there, there's a lot of these young players that have come up and not just kind of done the usual thing that we see in the NFL, which is young players coming in and pushing veterans out. These are young players that have come and pushed other young players out uh, in order to kind of stake their claim at playing time. And they've done a wonderful job with that. And that just goes to show too what the New Orleans Saints culture is, is that if you can play, you're going to get out on the field. And uh, that's, that's exactly what you want in an organization is to have that type of internal competition, pushing to either make the guys that are already mm-hmm. there better or open the way for the guys that are coming in. Um, Juwan Johnson is a restricted free agent. Obviously, again, they've got his rights, so uh, it looks like he'll be back. The one that doesn't is an unrestricted free agent, Caden Ellis. Uh, I, you know they want him back. How difficult do you think it will be to bring him back? Yeah, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping not too difficult because he's he's been a big part of what the New Orleans Saints are doing. And right now across the NFL, the NFL is averaging around 4.47 uh, yards per carry across the NFL, which would be the highest yards per carry uh, since 2018 when that, that new mark was set. And so the, the reason why I bring that up is because y- you can expect a lot of teams in 2023 to build their their offenses around the rushing attack. And so having three linebackers out on the field is going to be something you're going to see a lot more of. We've seen a lot more of it from the New Orleans Saints this season. We would see it again next year. And so the the trio of Demario Davis, Pete Werner, and Caden Ellis a really solid trio he's another one of those guys just like Juwan, who's been one of those young guys that's come in and pushed for playing time and kind of staked their claim at being out on the field uh and and i think he deserves to be out there and we saw him out snap pete werner 
in uh, in last week's game as well. And some of that has to do with matchups and field position and game situation and all that. But the Saints are clearly showing him that they that they believe in him and they have uh, since he's gotten here in, in New Orleans as a seventh round draft pick. So uh, I'm curious to see exactly how that all plays out. I think he will have other offers out there, but the hope is that you know the homegrown effectively homegrown talent, right? Him being drafted by the New Orleans Saints um, kind of uh, has built that relationship. He's been mm-hmm. a DA guy from the very beginning, and so I, I think the Saints have a good chance of maintaining him. Uh, I saw Sportrick the other day. Uh, he's making eight hundred. I'm sorry, he's making six hundred fifty thousand. That they're projecting a two year deal, about ten million dollars. Sound about mm-hmm. right to you? Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's that's a that's a great spot. I mean, that's a that's a good spot for him. That's an easy spot for the Saints too. They can. They can backload that if they want to. They can pay mm-hmm. it straight up if they'd like to. I mean, that that won't be an insurmountable amount for them by any means, especially with how crafty they can get with these uh, signing bonuses and and, and uh, salary caps and you know all, all the maneuvering that they do. So that that wouldn't be a hard hard way to go, and I, I think that's a good price for them, honestly, considering mm-hmm. you know depending upon how much they feel they're going to utilize them. That would be the only thing that would kind of get sure. in the way is if the Saints feel that you know, hey, we're probably going to see a lot more two uh, linebacker sets so they don't want to pay that much for a linebacker based on the role. They'll always have a price set to the role. I get that. Uh, it'd be a tough decision to make, though, uh, considering how, how often he's been able to hit the field here. Big one on, on Sunday to kind of close it out with four wins. Yeah, yeah, this is a huge game for them. And it, you know, look, they, they don't have a postseason life um, at all. I know there's been some things floated around about the NFL potentially uh, adding an eighth seed. I guess if that actually ended up happening, then they would technically have life here um but i don't know if the nfl is actually going to do that uh partly because it's it's probably the smarter like the smartest decision and so i just don't right. have a lot of faith in the nfl to make that decision right uh, but but you know i i do think that you know when it comes to uh, you know having some momentum going into the offseason uh juan johnson pointed out how important that was blake gilligan pointed out how important that was uh dennis allen has pointed out how important that is it, you know it, it it that's these are the types of things where when you can show and put on full display this winning culture that you have in New Orleans that started out four and nine but could potentially finish the season uh, eight and nine. That's something that attracts people. That's something that keeps Kate mm-hmm. Nellis in the building going over the course of the offseason. That's something that brings Jarvis Landry's to 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 the facility. That's something that you know makes those draft picks not treat the New Orleans Saints the way that they have treated you know the. Uh, the the Detroit Lions and, and Cincinnati Bengals in the past, where there's all that conversation around, oh well, no draft pick really wants to go there, and yada yada. That doesn't exist when you have a culture like what the New Orleans Saints have in their locker room, and the Saints have been able to show on the field how important that culture is. No doubt, Ross. Always appreciate your time each and every week. At Ross Jackson Nola uh, is how you follow him on on Twitter, and of course, CrestedSports.com, uh, Saints Wire, and of course, the fantastic uh, Locked On Saints podcast. Thanks for your time today, as always. Hey, absolute pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. There you go, bud. There he goes. Uh, Ross Jackson with us each and every week here on the show. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. Uh, Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt. You get off tonight, you come home, AC's not working. Maybe you want to crank up that heater over the weekend with, again, the cooler temperatures. Man, again, call my friends at Burkhardt. they got emergency service for you, but also 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or business. And, of course, those NACE certified technicians technicians only doing the work that's necessary. You want a company you can trust? Trust the company I've trusted for three decades. 
Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery, Bobby Bear's Cajun Kind of Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Oceana, and, of course, lunch and dinner at Bobby Bear's Oceana Grill. Uh, Bobby Bear's, pardon me, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery and, Ma- and Mambo's. Get out there and enjoy a great meal or cocktails or some fun at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. We'll be right back. Mambo's, 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at MamboNola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. Get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti in the heart of the fun. 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. If you're injured in a car crash, never settle for less than you deserve from the insurance company. And don't settle for just any law firm. Demand Dudley DeBosier. It's always our goal to get you the maximum compensation you deserve. And with our no-fee guarantee, you pay us nothing. No fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. Call now, and we'll review your case for free. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 22 it's Macy's one day sale tomorrow with great deals of the day to kick off the new year like $59.99 cashmere 40% off designer booties and handbags she'll love and spruce up your bedroom with comforter sets 55 to 65% off plus get contact free curbside pickup or pickup in store tomorrow at Macy's one day sale details at macy's.com slash pickup savings off sale and clearance prices exclusions apply Dancing crew, trip for two, nail the final interview. Game with Doug, brand new mug. Come here, kid, give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. 
New COVID-19 boosters designed for recent Omicron variants are now available. Learn about eligibility and schedule a free updated booster today at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. We wrap it up here on this Thursday, the anniversary of Pistol Pete Maravich's death. 1988, at the age of 40. I'll never forget where I was, what I was doing, and, of course, uh, just one of the great ones, one of my favorites of all time, and just privileged to be able to see him play at LSU uh, as a kid, uh, just somewhat. I mean, not a lot. Yeah, I think I saw one or two games on TV, and then, of course, his time with, with the Jazz was, was an amazing time to grow up here in New Orleans. Hey, I want to thank um, Ross Jackson, Alec Cassell, uh, Gary Smith, and Mike Scarborough for joining us on the program. I also want to thank our good friend Rudy Dixon for, again, uh, uh, producing. All the great sponsors, sponsors program, including our friends over at the Oceana Family of Restaurants. Go to ericasher.com for a slideshow to sponsor, sponsor our program. Uh, and as always, we appreciate each and every one of you uh, supporting our sponsors and those sponsors supporting our program. Uh, coming up next on, uh, on here, right here on um, on uh, on 106.1 FM is um, uh, is uh, Michael Green and, of course, uh, Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour. Uh, he's going to have Steve Barrios as his guest, so stick around for that. On WLAE-TV, it is Inside New Orleans Sports. Our guests tonight will be uh, Gary Smith and Jude Young. Thanks so much for listening. See you tomorrow straight up 4 o'clock for the William Grant Family Distillers Friday Extravaganza. It's been a blast, New Orleans. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Eric Asher. From the dog catch to the governor, and you know it includes the mayor. They all got to go. go.